0: Hi, welcome to the second episode of Women We Salute. I'm Izzy. I'm here with Gabby Edlin Hi. from Bloody Good Period. Very excited. And yeah, we are going to be talking with Gabby about the work that Bloody Good Period does and how it's contributing to the feminist environmental outlook on the world that WEN is trying to promote. So, Gabby, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me and sorry about my sore throat.
0: So, um, can you tell us, for the listeners who haven't heard of Bloody Good Period, which I don't know why they wouldn't have, because it's been all over the news, getting amazing publicity, um, what is Bloody Good Period? Sure. So, Bloody Good Period is a charitable project which exists to provide menstrual supplies for
1: asylum seekers, refugees and those who can't afford them. Like The way the way that we function is that the general public send us donations of pads and pantyliners and toiletries and we distribute them to 16 asylum seeker drop-in centres around London and Leeds and we basically we ensure that everybody who we can reach like has the products that they've asked for and the products that they need to have a healthy period basically and how did Bloody Good Period get started? So um, I was volunteering at an asylum secret drop-in centre in North London. And I got sent the list of all the things that they were collecting. So like all the essentials, and in inverted commas, food, clothes, nappies. And um, I noticed that there weren't any menstrual supplies on the list. And when I asked about it, um, if that was something that they were going to be supplying... Um, I was told, well, we do, but you know, it's an emergency thing. You know, we give them out when people ask for them or, or in an emergency. And immediately I just thought, what what is an emergency on your period? Like every period without a product is an emergency. You know, what do we expect of the people that we work with if we only will give you know them the pads that they need when they're bleeding on the floor or crying in the toilets? And additionally, I thought, you know, saying that we'll give people pads when they ask for them you might ask once you might ask twice but you won't ask again periods are still surrounded in shame and this is not a cultural thing this is and when i say cultural i mean from other cultures this is like a british thing this is something that worldwide it's worldwide it exists with all of us all classes different socioeconomic groups there is a shame and so people will not ask again because it is embarrassing And it's embarrassing to not be able to afford them. So I just started thinking about it more and more and was like, well, we need to be able to give the people that need menstrual supplies these things every single month. It doesn't, it shouldn't be something that's just handed out, you know, here and there.
0: Maybe you'll get them this month, maybe you won't. So I put a little... Could, um, sorry, could, could you just yeah. hold on, you know, for for two months? Yeah, while get some supplies can you hold and, it in? You, you can just wait for three months though, right? That's fine, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like one month, there's like a free-for-all of pads and everyone like clambers to get them and it's horrible. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah,
0: it's a bit undignified, it, isn't exactly, it? Exactly,
1: and we like, we just really don't like the idea of people being made to feel like they have to beg for the essentials. I think that is just the worst thing. Anyway, and so I put a little status on facebook just saying like to my friends and family can anyone send me some pads and within weeks i had hundreds at my flat big boxes of them just arriving and that's really that's sort of how it took off um and i just decided to sort of make it something i was like this doesn't exist anywhere else there isn't a period charity that's sort of making sure that this happens every single month for people that need them so i set up bloody good period
0: um and um, what year was that?
1: That was October two thousand sixteen. Okay. So we've only been going about a year and a half yeah. just over that. But we've been growing at a rate faster than yeah. I could ever have imagined.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's a testament to how needed this service was. Exactly. The fact that you've complete you've taken off and you've been so successful is that this service is really, really needed. Exactly. And I think it just goes to show it's something that just hasn't been talked
1: about in aid and sort of charity for so long, if ever. Or, you know, it's only been sort of brought up occasionally and then brushed back down again. And I think that it, it's not that we're the first people to be doing this mm. by any stretch of the imagination. I don't sort of think of us as like the inaugural period charity yeah. or the inaugural period activist. Yeah, like, I, I believe that you did invent the period. Is that we correct, did yeah. We <laughs> did invent the period. We did invent the period. And the Sandwich Town, actually. Mm. I think we were just at that point in time, in society, it was like post-Brexit, where I just... Was like like we're going to push back harder with good stuff, and that was sort of why I called it bloody good as well because mm. I wanted to make it quite like a British thing, yeah. like sort of take the piss out of like
0: um who we are as a country and, yeah. and and all the terrible stuff we've done, you know, completely going against that, not wanting to talk about it, exactly element by shouting about it, shouting about it, and using it and use, yeah, and just.
1: <laughs> also just using like also who doesn't love a good period who doesn't love a period i mean you know let it flow like that's (laughs) that that's how we sort of got started and i think it's it's been a really great platform as well to talk about other stuff that's important and to talk about the environment, talk about sexism. Periods are a very, very political topic and I don't want to shy away from that. And I never, I never really want to sort of make it, this is just about periods. It's not just about periods. This is about sexism. This is about institutionalised sexism. It's about colonialism. It's the way we treat people of different races because we think that as Brits, as white Brits, we're like you know, the the saviours. And so that's a really big thing in charity at the moment that we're trying to get rid of. And I really think it's important to use BGP's platform to question that and to question the way that we see women as well and, and people who bleed, trans people included. How do we use our platform to include everybody and make a change in society? I know that sounds very lofty, but... um, got to aim high. You've got to aim high, you know, and periods
0: are political. Like, that is... That's never going to go away. So as part of Bloody Good Period, you're part of the Environmental Coalition, which is a group of organisations banded together by WEN to improve access and education about environmentally friendly menstrual products. So um, how did you come to work with WEN? So um, when we first started
1: up, I think a few months in, we were at Women of the World Festival at Southbank. And WEN had a table near us, I can't remember who I met at the at the conference, but I met them, and we were talking about how they were actually lobbying the period companies to use less plastic, so they weren't trying to make everybody use um a reusables if that weren't suitable, but they were like, actually, the big companies need to do better and from that moment, I was like this is this is exactly what we're about. like we are not putting our expectations on people on individuals, but on the companies and on the actual like the the big dogs, as you know. um, looking at the structural causes of it rather than blaming the individual. Exactly, exactly. And so after, I mean, it's, I've sort of been following Wen's work for a while and then um, finally got in to go meet the director um, and Heidi and we just chatted about it. And it was just, it was really, it was a no brainer for me to sort of be like, of course we're joining. It's part of our core value that we're gonna try and be more sustainable wherever Mm -hmm. we can. Um, but to me, just just the idea that like this is the responsibility of the companies filling the seas with plastic,
0: yeah, absolutely, and blaming
1: women and blaming bleeders, basically menstruators, yeah. for it is um, not going to fly yeah. with me.
0: There's that like double problem of them creating this like taboo about stains and about bleeding, and then being able to sell you the product that will stop that, mm-hmm. and that that relationship needs to stop, that needs yeah, to change. Yeah, they've
1: made us disgusted with our periods. I mean, yeah. it's not just advertising, it's media, it's biblical, it's, <laughs> you know, it's the patriarchy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but all of this comes under like the patriarchy, doesn't it? Mm. And like the, making us feel ashamed of something that is inherently um, female. just
0: different to men.
1: Different from men, exactly. But it is, it's something that's different from men and that is disgusting because it is not sexual for men. Um, yeah, what what I think is one of the main reasons that we decided that we were definitely going to work with Wen is that, you know, our core values are that we want to be a sustainable organisation, that even though we are really committed to giving the people um, who we work with the products that they want, we're also like, well, look, there are some ways that we can try and make these sustainable. And actually some of the women that we have that we see at the drop-in tenders have been asking for cotton and... Uh, organic products mm. which is actually showing us that that we, we can move to a more sustainable product I yeah. think product base I really do think we can and that's
0: one, once people have developed the confidence that they know those products exactly are gonna be there, yeah they're not having to panic and stock up on anything they can grab they're now feeling more comfortable and they're able to make that next step I or think a so choice.
1: yeah a really big thing that we've noticed I mean so I still do the one drop in that I started out and that's once a month and then the rest of this sort of the other 15 I don't manage to get to because most of them are on the same the same Sundays. But the the people that we work with have you know they're getting more comfortable with us and they're getting they're knowing that they can trust us. I mean, it, at first it was it was a free for all. Like every single month, it you know it, it felt we really just wanted to be able to say say to the people that we were there we were like we're coming every month like we promise. Mm. But I think that just shows you sort of the way that asylum seekers and are they, treated, and they've
0: not been used to that safety net. They've had yeah. complete upheaval. Yeah. So for them. obviously it's going to take time for them to trust you and to build up a relationship yeah
1: and and it really it really did take time and it wasn't until like a year in that um That people started asking us for the Mm. things that they wanted Mm -hmm. and it's really i love it when when the people when people ask for the organic products i'm like yes (laughs) like great like you know what you want and and you feel comfortable enough with me to ask for that so that that's been a really lovely thing
0: do you have any idea how many products have been donated to bgp and you've given out have you got an idea of the the yeah it's
1: over half a million no it's really brilliant that it's so many because it just shows we just know how much people care and less than one percent has come from like corporations, if that. Oh,
0: really? No, I mean it's it's yeah.
1: almost all from the general public yeah. or from um, like really caring companies, mm. small companies, environmental companies mm-hmm. like Frida and Kalali and Flow, who are all like really committed to sustainable products. But like it's general public who just really, really, really care, yeah, and just really want to do something about the state that, like,
0: yeah. Well, just being able to to resonate and just realising that refugees are people. Like, they're not these sort of just vats that you can pour donations. Like, they need things that you need. Yeah,
1: and they need the things not they ask for. Listen, listen to them, you know, like I've said before, and they will tell you what
0: they want. (laughs) Um, So just how important is it for women refugees and refugees who have periods to access um, good quality menstrual products? It's absolutely vital. I mean, periods
1: should be such a minor part of life they should be something that just does you know it is a bodily function it just happens you get on with it you've got the products you need but when you're living on 37 pounds a week which is what asylum seekers are given um and they're not allowed to work you're it just menstrual products don't even come into it there's just no way that they're affordable and so a lot of the women that we've worked with have told us they just weren't using anything which meant that not only can that lead to infection it can just it it traps people in their homes and there's a really high rate of depression among asylum seekers and it's not surprising if you then factor in the fact that that people are being basically trapped in their homes because they don't have period supplies because you're leak. And it's embarrassing, you know, you know, one of one of the women actually that we've spoken to who's in Leeds told us that she she's too afraid to sit on a couch during her period in case she leaks and is evicted by her landlord. And that was before she was receiving supplies, obviously. But that is just it seems like such a simple thing. But like menstrual products could solve that, you know,
0: just being given. Allowing you to be comfortable in your own home, which so many of us would just think is yeah given.
1: exactly like it's like you can't sit on your couch during your period i mean yesterday i had the worst period pains and all i wanted to do was sit down yeah oh my god yeah you know you've got
0: cramps like you, yeah you
1: need to sit you down. need a couch you don't want to sit on your dining room chair with oh, the plastic no. bag on it oh, god. you know yeah, that's not the one is it? so they're crucial they're really crucial they're they're nothing you don't know, think about it when you do have them but when you don't it's everything
0: mm. yeah I believe that you've tried to involve more intersectionality within what you do and you've tried to consider more points of view. Could you tell us a bit about that and um, what's what's happened in the evolution of, of BGP?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, it's a constant learning journey, heading up a charitable project. You have to constantly check yourself, especially as a white woman, think that because of the ideas of colonialism, you position yourself as the sort of central default character. And we are really trying hard to critique that. You know, one of the examples of of how far we've come in, in our learning is, you know, we were giving out shampoo and conditioner to the people that we work with. And for... A good year, it was just two-in-ones, regular shampoo that you would buy in the shop. And it hadn't occurred to me that it wasn't suitable for Afro hair. And about 90% of the women that we work with have Afro hair. And it wasn't until somebody, one of the women, had got comfortable with us enough that she said, could we maybe have some different hair products? (laughs) We can't use this on our hair and I was like oh my god it was such a wake-up call for me to be like right well okay we need to change everything that we're supplying we need to ask we need to do so much better at this and it and it wasn't such a huge you know shift for me because as a Jewish woman I used to keep kosher and you're used to asking for the ingredients in something you know I don't anymore but like it is something that is familiar to me the idea of not you not being actually the default person at all and your needs not being considered without sort of an extra ask and so we've been really trying really really hard now wherever we can to be like can you tell us is this right for you you know really I mean it's it's a couple of minutes with each person that we get to see so it's really difficult but like we are just really trying to sort of listen to the people that we work with and I think you know it seems so small shampoo or something like that but you know I know as well as anyone if I am having a really bad hair day really messes with my head yeah (laughs) literally and and I know that sounds like a really privileged thing to say but I think it applies to loads of people like you want to feel good about yourself and confident in yourself and we don't see why being an asylum seeker means that you don't get that right you don't have to make do the stuff that we get sent sometimes it's occasional but just empty half empty bottles of products Mm. like you know really unsuit some people somebody sent us a a, a pack of Nespresso coffee capsules.
0: Oh my goodness. Like,
1: <gasps> <we're> period supplies. <laughs> and toiletries.
0: Oh my goodness. Um,
1: and I think I talked about this on Rennie Edo Lodge's podcast and I think that um you know, it's a really really disrespectful
0: thing when you think about it using it as like a, a thing to just throw away a chuck, your half a chucking, used product. Yeah. yeah um and you that, wouldn't give that to someone face to face you wouldn't give someone a half used shampoo exactly and go, oh look look how you, you should, should be, be lucky grateful. yeah say thank you like you would never do that to no. someone face to face would you and
1: it, that just kills me because we never use the term dignity because i hate the term dignity in in relation to the women and the people that we work with because i feel it is white saviorist, and I feel like it is like we bestow on you this dignity, hello, you know that we don't you're welcome you're ve- yeah. you're welcome, <laughs> but what kind you know ha- that it just feels so like what do you think of these people if you think that that is what they're worth? yeah, you know that that to me is is so like I find that that's the most upsetting thing mm. about what we do um but I'm happy to say it's few and far between. And really, we, you know, we are able to give like the people we work with really lovely stuff
0: because that is what they deserve. So when have been working with things, all things menstrual for decades now, and we're thrilled how much attention the subject has been getting in the past few years. Um, you've been in a, f- a few publications up to now, I believe, have you been in Vogue? We've been in Vogue. You've been in Vogue, <laughs> pretty, pretty big deal. Um, why do you think, periods and menstrual campaigning are now coming into the spotlight?
1: I think that there are myriad reasons why it's it's become big but one of my theories is that social media has basically enabled this culture which is a culture that I really like. It mimics a classroom of girls or new friends at university or a workplace and that moment where somebody is like oh anyone got a tampon Mm. or oh I'm on my period or something and it breaks the ice and from that moment on everybody will talk about their period it's to say I was I was talking about this on the first blood podcast like it's the same with it's it's periods poo and wanking that's what we say like once (laughs) once you've broken the ice with those things everyone will talk about it yeah and and everyone wants to and everyone wants to but you just need that person who's like this is okay this is what you know this is real everybody does this yeah everybody bleeds and so bloody good sort of i hope exists to be that person on social media all the time who's always there ready to talk about periods <laughs> your friend who's always ready yeah we <laughs> your friend who's literally like so you're bleeding today um that's re-
0: show sure of hands yeah. please <laughs> on the Period. Yeah. i mean
1: literally yeah and i think that is what has because of this sort of nature you know it can be terrible it can be like you know the classroom nature of of social media can be awful it can be bullying it can be you know gang mentality but it can also be really brilliant in that it just allows people to talk about these things straight away with no lead in. but um that's firstly one of the reasons that i think that menstrual activism has become so widespread now because it's just being talked about and it's still being talked about and it's not going away because young people are discovering it when i first started my period all i had was like a, a book
0: a body book yeah. that might have mentioned periods what, you, what is going to happen yeah to this you? is something
1: that's going to happen and that was it or a really sort of tentative conversation with my friends whereas now young people can just type in periods to Twitter and you've got this like wealth of like activism and it keeps going like that and I think that's one of the reasons
0: I think In terms of... I feel like people are almost reminded that periods exist every month or so. Yeah,
1: it's really... No, yeah, I wonder why it's so weird. (laughs) Like a monthly news cycle or something. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. (laughs) Uh, It's like a little letter (laughs) in your knickers. Um, (laughs) A red letter in your knickers. Or brown. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think also in terms of feminism, I think one of the reasons that it's come back i mean it was there was a lot of menstrual activism in the 70s and i think that the reason it's come back is there's been a a reaction to the objectification again of the sort of sexy doll woman Mm -hmm. natasha walters written about that in living dolls really really brilliantly and i think periods is a reaction to that we are human beings we're disgusting in the way that all human beings are and when i say disgusting i don't mean like i mean like literally like there are things that are not palatable yeah you want it on a dinner plate you wouldn't maybe. want it on a dinner plate although judy chicago i think has put it on a dinner plate okay in her artwork but um regardless i think it is a reaction i think that a lot of women are tired of being forced into this sort of clean mold yeah. of womanhood and actually it is this it's this pushback that's like yeah we we bleed deal with it i think that's yeah i think that's another reason i think also it's It's political again, like it's such a huge part of being a woman and it's also part of a trans identity as well. And these things have to be talked about and they're not going away. I think that is some some of the reasons why it's it's coming and I hope it doesn't go away for a long time. Fab. Okay. What are your goals for Bloody Good Period um, moving forward? We're about to become a charity, fingers crossed.
0: Yay! Almost, congratulations. Yay,
1: almost! (laughs) Which we're really excited about. And then we will be spreading to other cities. We're, you know, we're only in London. Did you say you're already in in, in Leeds? We've got one, we've got one drop-in in in Leeds. And the reason that we're really slow about it is because we want to do this properly. Like, Mm. we don't want to, we're not spreading ourselves thinly. Like, we're we're digging down and we're making changes, like, in the places that we can. And I think that... um, it would be at odds with a lot of our message if we were to just sort of suddenly be like we're everywhere giving out the cheap product exactly and not asking people exactly and, yeah, not getting okay. to know the people that we're working with but we are hoping to spread to a few more cities in england um by the end of the year if not the end of next year mm-hmm. so that's really exciting i think we'll be sort of going leeds bristol the places that are already pretty period woke cool um, which is exciting and uh we'll just be you know we'll be continuing to talk about periods and we'll be hopefully going back to parliament at some point and being able to just remind the mps that 37 pounds a week for asylum seekers
0: doesn't cover period supplies let alone the basics you know yeah. that's something that we that, that we that really amount is still it, i've i know i i've known that fact but you know every time every you hear time it out you loud, hear it it's itch, shocking yeah. isn't it yeah i think it's absolutely horrific um and
1: hoping just to collaborate with. More places, you know, more organisations, and just doing this work together is so important. Like, you can't exist in a silo. We've all got really important things to contribute to the movement together. And finally, who is your woman you salute? Oh, let me don't let me forget to tell people how to how to help. Oh yeah, we'll, I must we'll do, do that. that oh end, okay, yeah. cool. Sorry. Oh, who's the woman I salute? I I salute Mandu Reed of the Cup Effect. Um, she has just been running for MP in Lewisham on behalf of the Women's Equality Party. Um, Yeah, she's just an absolute powerhouse. And she started the Cup Effect, um, which is a charity that goes into Malawi and Kenya. She's, uh, her mum's from Malawi. Um, And so she's been going back to these areas and just going in and just educating young women and girls about cups and converting them in their hundreds. And she's just such a passionate advocate for um, cups without ever, ever being patronising mm. or evangelical or, you know, a pain in the arse.
0: She's an absolute <laughs> pain, in the, pain, in, the pain in the fanny. She's an absolute dreamboat and you should all go and follow her right now. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. And thanks to Mandy Reed. Um, Okay, so if people want to help out with Bloody Good Period, what can we do to help you? and Bloody Good Period do some good work? So the the most
1: important thing is that we need the products. So um, go to our website, which is just bloodygoodperiod.com forward slash donate. And there are loads of different ways and loads of different products that you can donate. Um, So please send us them, that would be lovely. Or you can just donate uh, money and we can buy them in bulk, which is even better. Or if you are short of cash, but big on time and creativity, you can join our creative network where you can basically design our sort of social media graphics, which are amazing and you can do anything you want. Um, and we've also got events. we've got a uh, bloody funny coming up in October, which mm. will be probably by the time this podcast is out. we might have just um, given details. and you can volunteer, which we always love. you know if you're in London, come and volunteer at the storage facility. Um, if you're out of London, run a collection again, go to our website forward slash collections. And you can give to places nearby you, near, local to you. There are so many ways um, that you can get involved and not all of it involves money. Just really yeah. involves like a sort of bit of feminism, a bit of yeah. kick, kick bum feminism, <laughs> kick
0: ass feminism. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. that's that's great. So there's so many ways that people can Loaves, get involved. Yes. Awesome. And where can we find you and Bloody Good Period on the Internet and all social media? So I'm on the internet. So I'm oh, you know. I am um, oh, on, on the internet.
1: So if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter. I'm double B-Y. The words double B and Y. I'm sorry. I made it a long time ago. And my Instagram is hello Gabby E. Uh, but bloody good is gosh again. So Twitter, we are bloody good underscore underscore. And Instagram, we're bloody good period. And we're also on Facebook. Just type in bloody good period. And then our website is bloodygoodperiod.com and everything you need is on there and you can always just give us a shout at hello at bloodygoodperiod.com as well
0: if you've got any questions cool thanks and you can find when at www.wen.org.uk we're also on instagram and twitter at when underscore uk you can find us on facebook at the women's environmental network where you can also find links to our crowdfunder for the environmental campaign, which is in its final week. Please donate to help us in our project to provide education about plastic free and reusable period products all over the UK. You can select some great rewards for donating 10, 20, 30 or 50 pounds, but any money at all will help us towards our goal. And you can also find this just through crowdfunder.co.uk slash environmental campaign. Thanks, Gabby, so much for coming in to speak with us. It's been really fun, and I hope that our listeners will subscribe and get involved with everything that you're doing. Please subscribe to the podcast. We go out on iTunes and SoundCloud, and rate and subscribe if you can. Thank you. Bye. 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 Sorry.